What is going on, everyone? How have you been? I am back from a much needed creative hiatus. Sometimes the mind can go into overload and you have too many projects you're trying to tackle all at the same time and you burn yourself out. That's exactly what happened to me. I have so many projects that I'm bouncing between as well as helping other people with their projects because I want to see everyone succeed. So I like to share tips and things that I've learned. So eventually I burned myself out. That's the truth. But I'm back and I'm getting into the groove of things again. And oh boy, oh boy, do I have a doozy for you today. So grab some snacks, grab some drinks, sit back and let's get into it. So, as you've read from the title, we are going to talk about the Russian sleep experiment. Is it real? What happened? You know, it's October, it's Halloween, you know, I'm going to get my creepy stories in as much as possible. So, (laughs) all right, let's get into it. What is the Russian sleep experiment? Well... The Russian sleep experiment was an experiment conducted in the 1940s during World War II in which five prisoners of war were taken into a Russian science facility where they were locked into an airtight chamber that was pumped full of an experimental gas. This gas was supposed to keep the subjects from falling asleep indefinitely. They were falsely promised their freedom if they went along with the experiment. The five subjects were given enough food and water to last them all month, as well as books and cots to sleep on, if they ever did fall asleep. The moderators of the experiment would do everything in their power to keep the subjects awake for as long as possible. The experiment only lasted 15 days as the subjects began to experience severe paranoia. On the ninth day, They began to slip into pure madness as one of the subjects began to scream so violently that he eventually destroyed his vocal cords. The subjects also began to run around the cell non-stop uncontrollably. The moderators abruptly stopped the experiment and attempted to enter the cell. They had placed microphones and speakers into the cell in order to communicate with the subjects. They told the subjects to lay down on the floor and be quiet and whoever cooperates first will get their freedom immediately. 
To the shock of the scientists, the cell went dead silent, and only one sentence was heard in a very eerie voice. We don't want to be freed. The scientists began to open the chamber, and to their horror, they found that there were only four living subjects. The fifth subject had been mutilated. His organs had been spread out across the room. The remaining living subjects had bitten off chunks of their own flesh down to the bone. They had stuffed the chunks into the only drain in the cell, causing two inches of water and bodily waste to accumulate in the chamber. Specialized Russian agents began to remove the subjects, but the subjects began to viciously fight back, screaming to have the gas put back on and for the chamber to be sealed once again. One subject eventually killed one of the agents by ripping his throat out with his bare hands during a struggle. The subjects were eventually all shot and killed and the entire incident was swept under the rug, as if it's never happened. Well, technically, it didn't actually happen because this is a piece of fiction. Now, this piece of fiction was submitted to the famous horror website, Creepypasta. It was created by user named Orange Soda. Now, we don't actually know who this person is, so technically this could have been a scientist who was there and needed to tell the world without actually telling the world. Hmm, you never know. You never know. That's for all you conspiracy theorists out there. So now, while I hope you guys enjoyed my little spooky story and while you know that it's a work of fiction and it was just a nice little story for Halloween, here's the part where we get into the seriousness of this episode. Right now, what we're going to discuss is a very serious genetic disorder called FFI, also known as fatal familial insomnia. And we're going to get into that a little more after this break. We here at The Creative Insomniac, which is a black and biracial owned brand and business, would also like to support other black and multicultural businesses. With that being said, this portion of the episode is sponsored by Limitlistics. Limitlistics is the study of knowing no limits in your life. It is an everyday mantra. I see no limits, I speak no limits, and I know no limits. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. Head over to Limitlistics.com where you can purchase merchandise such as shirts, tote bags, glassware, and mugs. They also do custom orders. If you have a vision, they can make it a reality. So again, head over to www.limitlistics.com. Again, the website is www.limitlistics.com. I-T-L-I-S-T-I-C-S dot com.
So what is this rare genetic order that you are speaking about? Well, I am speaking about a very rare condition called FFI or better known as fatal familia insomnia. How do I know if I have it? Is there genetic testing for it? What ages does it affect mostly? What can I do if I'm diagnosed with FFI? Uh, So let's start with the basic. What is fatal familial insomnia and who does it affect? Fatal familial insomnia is an inherited prion disease that mainly affects the thalamus. The thalamus is the part of the brain that controls the sleep-wake cycle but is also known as the relay center of the brain because it helps the different parts of the brain communicate with each other. Like all prion diseases, FFI is a progressive neuro, excuse me, neuro, I can't say that word, neurodegenerative disease, which means over time there are fewer neurons, nerve cells. Loss of neurons in the thalamus, as well as other mechanisms not yet fully understood, cause the symptoms of FFI. FFI affects adults in their 30s, small cases in teens, and there's no cure. Patients usually die within a year after the diagnosis. When patients do sleep, they have a harder time of achieving a deep restful sleep, which as we know from our previous episodes, This can cause quite a bit of physical and mental damage. Now, as I was saying before, this is a rare genetic disorder. And this also means that it can be inherited. So in most cases, a person with fatal familia insomnia has inherited the genetic change uh, from a parent with FFI. In order to have FFI, a person only needs one copy of their PRNP gene to carry the specific genetic change mutation that causes FFI. In other words, a person only needs to inherit the genetic change from one parent. In the genetic terms, this is called autosomal dominant inheritance. In rare cases, FFI may result from a new change in the PRNP gene. However, it is not known how often a new mutation is the cause of FFI. Mutations can happen during the making of the egg or the sperm. A person that has a genetic change that causes FFI has a 50% chance with each pregnancy of passing along the changed gene to his or her child. In rare sporadic cases of FFI, the disease is not inherited from either parent and cannot be passed down to their children. So I mentioned PRNP genes, right? Um, This gene causes a lot of problems in the brain. So another disease that follows a similar pattern is uh, called Creutzfeldt's disease. It's also known as Jacob's disease. Um, It's a rare, rapidly progressive, invariably fatal brain disorder, primarily categorized by mental deterioration. Although motor problems can be significant in many cases, uh, Jacob's disease belongs to a group of human and animal diseases known as transmittable, excuse me, transmissible spongiform. Spongiform refers to the characteristic 
appearance of infected brain cells, which become filled with holes until they resemble sponges under a microscope. Typically, onset symptoms occur at age 60 and runs a rapid course. We have no idea why we have this protein. We only notice it when it starts to go haywire and cause all kinds of problems. Some studies in mice have found that when they have less of the regular unmutated prion protein, they have less long-term potination in the hippocampus. Results haven't been consistent. Basically, more protein, more memory. The prion protein could be beneficial for memory, but scientists are conflicted about this. In the same kinds of more or less protein experiments, mice bred to not have the prion protein would suffer longer lesions when researchers induced a stroke compared to normal mice. Having more of that protein seemed to protect them against neural damage. Finding more about this protein and how it could help combat deterioration of the brain as we age could help with diseases such as Alzheimer's and, and uh, MS. So let's get into the symptoms. The first symptoms of FFI usually begin between the ages of 32 and 62, mean average of 51 years, but have been reported to begin as early as 18 to as late as 72. It is important to note that insomnia is not always the first symptom of FFI. Sometimes the first symptom is progressive dementia. When insomnia begins, it usually comes on suddenly and steadily. It worsens over a period of few months. Other symptoms may include panic attacks, phobia, weight loss, lack of appetite, and having a body temperature which is too low or too high. Autonomic disorders such as high blood pressure, episodes of hyperventilation, excessive sweating, and salvation and or erectile dysfunction may occur. As the disease progresses, most people with FFI usually develop abnormal, uh, uncoordinated movements. They develop hallucinations. They suffer through severe confusion, twitching, jerking of the ligaments. Um, although the dementia may begin as forgetfulness and confusion, it leads eventually to the inability to walk and talk. And then total inability to sleep. And that's usually towards the end of the disease. Another list of symptoms is uh, brain activity begins to alter. Uh, you have a dreamlike state that you're in, seeing double. Sometimes doctors have a hard time diagnosing this because symptoms can be misleading. So right now I'm going to play you a clip of a gentleman who decided to document the progression of his battle with FFI. He thought it was important that people see how aggressive this disease is. So when my body tired, they say my body asking my system to sleep, you know, my body said, okay, I'm tired, this, that. And it tried to communicate. This is how I picture it because it's so painful. When it, when it's tried to communicate with my head or my brain, my brain also looking forward to sleep, but the activity of the brain is never calmed down. 
It's been four months since my brain is active. It never sleep. It never want to go down. And when my body asks my brain that I need to rest and sleep, it's no connection, but there is a feedback. There is a really painful feedback, physical feedback, and neuron feedback on my back, on my back, or around my spinal cord. The gentleman went on to say, I would have both my legs chopped off as an exchange if I could sleep for at least three hours a night without drugs. That's how desperate I am for sleep. So the diagnosis of FFI is first suggested by rapidly progressive cognitive impairment, like dementia, along with behavior and mood changes and sleep disturbances. A further diagnosis would include a sleep study and possibly a scan or a PET PET scan to confirm a thalamic hypotabolism, meaning the thalamus in the brain is less active than it should be. You can also get diagnosis through getting genetic testing, but in the United States, it's only available if the person meets one of the following three criteria family history of FFI, abnormal sleep study, or an abnormal PET scan, consistent with a strong suspicion for FFI. So I know you guys are wondering, well, is there some kind of treatment? You just told us that if you're diagnosed with this, you die within the first 12 to 18 months. What am I supposed to do if I'm told that I have this? Well, From my research, I have found that there's currently, unfortunately, no cure for FFI um, or treatment that can slow the disease progression. The management goal is to ease the symptoms and to keep the person with FFI as comfortable as possible. However, research is ongoing and a number of potential treatments are being developed. So you have to understand that the research that I'm referencing right now is from 2016. We are in 2020. They may have possibly made leaps and bounds in the treatment side of this, but I haven't found anything as of yet. I, If you guys want, I can do a follow-up episode. Um, definitely send me a voice message or an email if you want me to do a follow-up episode on this rare genetic disease. Um, all of this is readily available online for you to do, to research as well. I'll leave the links in the description if you'd like to reference or see where I'm getting my information from. But to piggyback off of that, so as I said, the information that I have that I'm reading on the Rare Diseases uh, website states that as of 2016, a number of treatments have had some success in slowing the disease progression in animal models. Most promisingly, several forms of immunotherapy have reported success. The three main research areas focuses on antibody vaccines, uh, detrix cell vaccines, and adaptive transfer of physiological prion protein-specific CD4+. More research is being done to study how well these treatments work and their effectiveness. And if the treatments are safe, but medical researchers believe that these are these or similar immunotherapies may offer hope for those with FFI in the future. So as I said, the information for this disease, the last time it was updated was 2016. 
I do not see any further updates as of this year, but if you guys want, I can do a follow-up episode. I can keep checking. I can dig as deep as possible within my power to, <laughs> to see if I find any more updates about any treatments or possible cures for this disease. It's hard watching someone close to you um, and someone you love suffer through so much pain and have absolutely no idea what's causing it. You know, um, Chadwick Boseman, he didn't have a neurological disorder, but you know, he suffered through a colon cancer and never said a word about what he was going through. He never asked for prayers or sympathy. Instead, he showed us how we should treat each other regardless of any superficial or materialistic factors. We should treat each other with kindness, respect, and dignity. The point is, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but I'll say it anyway, Be kind to one another because you never know what silent battle someone is facing. We are going to take a small break and we'll be back after these messages. that's it that's today's episode i hope i didn't creep you guys out too much um this is october so i'm going to be rolling out quite a few creepy and scary insomnia related content uh you know just to wrap up this season and i hope that you guys are really enjoying what i'm putting out um As you know, I'm consistently updating the setup here as well as updating the social media pages. This takes time. I am doing this all by myself. I have absolutely no help. Um, As I said in the intro, I needed a creative hiatus (laughs) because I was just burnt out. I burnt myself out from working on so many things at once. My mind just went (laughs) So uh, yeah, my mind just went into complete overload. Um, as always, if you guys would like to be featured in any of the episodes, send me an email at thecreativeinsomniacbrand at gmail.com or send me a voice message through Anchor. You can also follow me on all the socials. I'm on Instagram at thecreativeinsomniac, all one word, underscore podcast. Again, it's at the creative insomniac underscore podcast. 
or you can reach out to me on Twitter at C-R-E-A-I-V-E-I-N-S-O-M-N-I-A-C. Again, that is C-R-E-A-I-V-E-I-N-S-O-M-N-I-A-C <laughs> on Twitter. Um, yeah, just reach out to me, send me, I've got a few private messages from everyone, but comment, comment. You guys always send me private messages. Send me a comment, please. <laughs> it looks like I'm talking to myself my inbox is full, but everybody just com- send me a comment. You know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, send me a voice message. Uh, again, if you want to be featured on the, on one of these episodes, or if you have any creepy stories, I would love it if you guys sent me all your creepy insomnia related stories or nightmares or if you guys are suffering from night terrors or have had a night terror or sleep paralysis that is definitely coming up so if you had any uh, sleep paralysis by all means send me those stories I would love to feature them in the next episode it can be totally anonymous as well Um, you don't have to add your name or anything to it it's perfectly fine Um, yes shoot me an email hit me up on twitter or Instagram, or send me a voice message on uh, Anchor. I'm going to be rolling out the YouTube page soon. It'll probably just be short clips for right now. Um, But yeah, that is all I have for today. So I am your host, Selena LeBron, and this is The Creative Insomniac.